Praise the Lord, O my soul. All that is within me, praise his holy name. I have been so blessed this morning already. How can we not be blessed when we hear how God is moving among us and how he's working in us? Such a blessing to be a part of the family of God. Today we will continue with the uh, Locked Heart series. We uh, um, are now on number 10. So we're getting there. I found an interesting comparison on the difference between a character-driven people or emotion-driven people. And this wouldn't be the driven locked heart. It's more what, what makes our motor run, what, what moves us. Character-driven people do right and then feel good. Emotion-driven people feel good, then do right. Character-driven people are um, commitment-driven. Emotion-driven people are convenience-driven. Character-driven people make principle-based decisions. Emotion-driven people make popular decisions. Character-driven people let action control attitude. Emotion-driven people let attitude control action. Character-driven, believe it, then see it. The emotion-driven, see it, then believe it. Character-driven, create a momentum. Emotion, wait for a momentum. Character-driven, ask, what are my responsibilities? Emotion-driven, ask, what are my rights? Character-driven people, continue when problems arise. Emotion-driven, quit when problems arise. Character-driven people are steady. Emotion-driven people are moody. Character-driven people are leaders. Emotion-driven people are followers. What drives us to do what we do? Are we driven by the godly character or are we driven by our emotions? If we base all our life on our emotions, we're gonna have terrible roller coaster rides. By the way, um, when Linford said about racing back and forth, I had to think, well, we're, we're in a race. And uh, yeah, maybe I can get carried away, I don't know. Okay, description of the driven locked heart. Last time I had the dominant locked heart, which is also a driven. But the difference between these would be the dominant 
they drive others. When the driven, locked heart drives self. They are constantly focused on working, doing, and going. It's almost as if they are constantly running from something. An example would be Mary and Martha. Now it happened, as they went, that he entered a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. But one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. You see, Martha was so concerned that everything is just right. And she was so concerned about serving and that maybe the dishes had to be set just so and the food had to look just right. And Mary was there concerned about her relationship with the Lord and wanted to minister to the, her guest. The lesson I get out of that is how am I? Am I so concerned about serving the Lord that I neglect my relationship with the Lord? Okay, and they do not know how to simply relax and enjoy, enjoy relationships. Like Martha couldn't just relax and when the food was ready, let's eat. They always have to be doing something. They seem uptight all the time. Their stress level is high because they have high expectations of themselves. It's not really that others expect it, but they do of themselves. They just can't get enough done. So what are the causes? Number one is pressure to perform. Parents who have high expectations or expect perfection produce children who cannot relax because they feel as if they have to keep performing to gain acceptance. They just can't relax as a child because it's constantly going and doing. And they just, to them it seems as if they can never do anything good enough. Or they feel they don't do enough. They feel lazy. They fear being rejected because they could never do anything good enough. Some follow styles and fashions in order to feel acceptance. I didn't have it here, but there's more where they get involved in alcohol, drugs, um, immorality, just to be accepted. Another one is abuse, which may be emotional abuse. This is caused by the pressure others place on us, forcing us to react negatively and feel rejected. A parent may 
try to break the will of a child without showing love and really resulting in breaking their spirit. It can also occur in a marriage when one controls the other and does not consider the other, their feelings, what they're going through. They don't consider or understand the needs of their spouse. Maybe physical abuse. This occurs from inappropriate physical acts that hurt others. This can come from parents disciplining too harshly or inappropriately, causing the child to feel rejection and anger from a lack of consistency and love. This can also happen between siblings. Um, being beat, poked, or whatever, just being mean. And, or it can also come from maybe one stronger than the other one and holding them down, maybe covering with a blanket or something, and, and they think they're just going to, they're going to lose their mind. That's abuse. Um, that affects their emotions. That affects their mind. It scars. Can be spiritual abuse. I hit this a little harder that one time. A while back. This occurs when people are forced to respond against their will to spiritual principles. People feel pressured and used when truth is communicated without love and acceptance. It also occurs when forced to comply to religious principles as if they were the gospel. Um, there's a fine balance here. You know, there's taking the Bible and clubbing someone Truth on top of pain is rejection. Truth needs to be shared in love. And it comes, sometimes it comes later. Sometimes they have to heal, then you bring the truth. Because of the truth on top of, it's just, I'm not good enough. It, you feel rejected from God even. When truth comes on top of pain, it's, it's rejection. Sexual abuse. This occurs when people are used for another sexual satisfaction against their will. There are many forms of sexual abuse, all involving taking advantage of another's. The guilt and shame associated with sexual abuse prevents emotional openness. You just can't connect. A person who has been deeply wounded emotionally may come driven. They can't stand See, when they sit, when they relax, it feels like it's all coming in. It's just, and so they can't stop. They, they got to keep going. So the mind is constantly, that's driven. That's why your heart is locked, a driven locked heart is you've got to be going and going and going because you can't stop to think. Because if you think, then all this floods in and you can't bear it. You can't take it. But Jesus can take it. If they were verbally abused, such as being told they will amount to nothing, they will work, consciously or unconsciously. They will work hard to prove they will be successful. They will succeed. 
See, they, then they may turn to temporal things. Because that's where their comfort is then, is the more they have, the more comfortable they are. They're, they're self-sufficient. They're, they've got this big bank account, and they've got all these things, and they, they don't want to part with them because that's their security. And they, they've been successful. They, they feel like they've finally been successful, and they're proving that I am someone now. That's the drivenness. And they believe the lie of Satan that the more you, they have, the more successful they are. But, you know, the most successful man that ever lived on this earth was Jesus Christ. And he owned nothing. That's the kingdom of God's perspective. How do we measure our success? Then a certain scribe came and said unto him, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. But yet, that man made history. The world would be lost without him. Even the tomb that he was buried in was borrowed. As far as worldly things, he had nothing, but he had everything to offer. A driven locked heart is primarily caused by those who are emotionally driven. Consequences, it's impossible to connect with them. That's the only, you just can't, con you can't connect with them. You see, the husband may come home from work, wants to connect with his wife, but she, let's say she's the driven one. So then she has no time because her list is not finished yet. So therefore, the spouse suffers. He can't emotionally, you can't emotionally connect because there's always so much to do. The job is never done. Or maybe the husband comes home and the wife wants some attention. Maybe the children have been fussy and she needs some support. But he's got this long list that he has to do. Has no time. You can't connect. Or maybe the children come home, want to play ball. This wasn't in my notes, and no, it, it just struck me. This this was for myself. How many times did I come from home from work? The children wanted my attention, but I was busy. Even though I wasn't driven, we don't have to be 
have a driven, locked heart, and we can be neglecting our duties. But praise the Lord. He's doing a marvelous work in the children. How to resolve the driven, locked heart. Resolve bitterness. This is, I taught on this extensively last one. I'm going to skip this one. Um, if you've missed it, if you want more, you can ask questions. Resolve the abuse issues. Pray through each area of abuse. Because the key to freedom is forgiveness. This form may help. It's just the person who is the perpetrator, describe the abuse, and then how you felt. What was the pain that you felt? Be specific. Specific prayers bring specific answers. And you can also add the sexual abuse to that. The form that we normally use on the sexual abuse in this setting, I did not want to bring it up here because there, it's just, it explains it's everything there. And I don't think it's, it's not appropriate for this setting. So you can, and you can use this one. It doesn't just say what happened. Then pray. Lord, I, I acknowledge and renounce the abuse that that person perpetrated against me and ask you to break the stronghold in my life. I choose to forgive, causing me to feel and I am willing to pay the emotional pain and consequences that that person has caused me. Now this, I want to stop. And I don't know, no one's questioned, but you may wonder why I always add in these strongholds. And I know one time before, and I didn't think about it, to have it here to explain it. A stronghold is in your heart, let's say there's, um, someone has done wrong and you resent it. So now there's in your heart, there's a little stronghold of resentment or bitterness. And it may be sins you've committed, then there's another stronghold. And those are bases of operation that Satan works in to attack you. That's why you want to break that stronghold. So that destroys the base of operation for Satan. Paul explains it in 2 Corinthians 10. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And every high thing that exalts, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought captive to the obedience of Jesus Christ. That's why we always want to break those strongholds. That's, that's the uh, weapon that we have, but it's mighty through God. It's not our fleshly weapon. And after you've assumed the see that's, you set the guy, whoever wronged you, you set them free. They will never, in your heart, they will never have to pay. I take that. It is paid in full. That's what Jesus Christ did for me. It's paid in full. I will never have to pay if I just accept him. 
So that, as we are forgiven, so we also should forgive. So forgive from your whole heart, setting him free. That's then when you, when you assume that, you have all that weight on you. But praise the Lord, Jesus came that our hearts will be healed and we can give it to him. Jesus, I feel so. Just explain how you feel. This is where I couldn't believe the difference it made in my life when the one who had um, mocked me for years where I finally was suicidal and when I released him and it was just, oh, it was so heavy and I, I didn't know if I could even stand up. That's how heavy it felt on me. But when I prayed then, praying, you know, that how I felt and Jesus, will you come in and speak cleansing and peace to the pain I feel from the abuse? Mine wasn't the abuse. It was more of that mocking, which was abuse, verbal abuse. You could also add, Jesus, can I give you this pain? When he takes it, there's this freeing that can't be explained. Because here's the verse where, accept what Jesus came for. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he, Jesus is reading this about himself actually from Isaiah. He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. See, I had been taken captive to my feelings my emotions and he set me free resolve temporal values the burden of daily responsibilities causes us to neglect time with those we love see in the account with Mary and Martha Martha placed a higher value on serving than the relationship with her sister and the Lord Some of this I've shared. We cannot serve two masters. And God promises to honor those who choose to put him first. John 12, 26. If anyone serves me, let him follow me. And where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, him my father will honor. Is that not a wonderful promise? It's worth that relationship with the Lord. That where he is, there we are also. Pray through each temporal value. And you could maybe add some. Boy, that's not very plain. Job, money, possession, things, prestige, position, Recreational activities, sports, hobbies, excessive focus on entertainment, TV, video games, computers, and personal goals. Lord, I acknowledge that I have placed a higher value on whatever area it is to the neglect of my relationship with you and others. 
I ask your forgiveness to make a commitment to value my relationship with you and others above whatever it is. And one thing we could add, we'll see where the Lord leads. There's one more that you could add in being driven is being involved in a cult. But that, that is so huge, there's not time today. But that drives people. So maybe the Lord wills, I might, I'm not real familiar with it, but I might, I don't know, I'll see where the Lord leads because that's something we're not teaching in our churches. But yet, it's so serious. When we open ourselves up to darkness. Then relax. Have some leisure time where you can rest and be at ease without always doing and going. Just relax. Come spend time in our woods. It'll refresh your soul. Pinpoint what causes stress in your life and do what is necessary to reduce or diminish it. Discontinue things that cause you to be frustrated. Just simplify your life. Learn to be calm and still instead of performing all the time. Just be still and know that I'm God. Take a deep breath and relax. Then feel. It's safe to feel. Observe and examine what others need emotionally. Learn to perceive and sense other person's need or pain. Experience and savor how to give and receive love. Be tender to the other people's feelings. Then enjoy. Take pleasure in making another person feel good emotionally. See, when we focus on others, that's where true joy, true joy comes in. Derive joy from letting another person touch your heart emotionally. Receive emotional love. It's safe. Spend thir 10 to 30 minutes with someone just sitting down and relaxing. The result you or they will be able to relax and enjoy relationships. They will be able to put priorities in the right order. They won't seem so distant to people. They will make people feel important instead of overlooked because before they were just going at a high rate of speed, like they never saw you. So today, in closing, I want to ask, how's your heart? I'm going to put a little test to you. You know those um, theft sensors in these stores, Walmart, Meyer, wherever, and you walk through and you have something you're not supposed to have, it, it alarms, lets everyone know the condition you're in. What if there would be a sensor by the door 
Then when you're leaving today, how's your heart? Would the sensor go off? Now you have something you shouldn't have. Telling you, get back in there and make it right. You know, there is a sensor there. Oops. I don't have it on there. The Lord told Samuel, man looks on the outside, but God sees the heart. There is a sensor. God knows exactly the condition of your heart going off that door. And it's supposed to be pure and undefiled before him. There is that sensor there. And how many people would want to use this other door if the sensor would be there? I trust and hope no one. But truly, with that being said, where's, where's our heart? Is it pure? Or would that sensor go off and alert everyone something's not right? Let's make sure our hearts are pure. Let's pray. Create in us a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within us. Cast us not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from us. Restore unto us the joy of your salvation and uphold us with your free spirit. Oh God, that is our prayer. Lord, there's many who may be struggling or thinking, don't know. Lord, you know each one of our hearts. And I just pray, if there's a heart that needs to be cleansed before they leave this room, just pray that you would touch that heart. And by your grace, give them the ability to respond to your call. so that by your grace you can also save it, cleanse it. Just do your mighty work. Do what you do best. You can heal those broken hearts. Even when they're so crushed that there's no form, just a powder, but yet, piece by piece, you can put it back together and make it complete in you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for coming and making it possible that we can be free in you. Make our hearts your home. Lord, we want you to rule in our hearts, your peace ruling in our hearts and that our minds are stayed on you so that we can have that perfect peace. 
And peace only comes from you. You've promised peace, I leave you. My peace I give unto you. It's not like the world gives with all sorts of things. It's just your perfect peace that passes all understanding, that draws us so much closer to you. Lord, bless each one. The hearts that are hurting, heal them. The hearts that are rejoicing, just allow them to rejoice more. And may we together link our arms as Paul instructed us that we lift the feeble. Let's not cast them down or look upon them as someone that shouldn't be. But Father, that we meet them where they're at and that we accept them where they're at and that we are committed to helping them in any way and every way that we can by your grace. Move us, Lord. Move this congregation, your church, to higher ground. Keep moving us, Lord. Lord, we know just with testimonies, you're moving in our midst. And we thank you and we praise you. To you be all honor and glory. We just pray for a continuation. Give us wisdom as leaders that we continue to guide and direct your ship. Lord, this is your church. Give each one of us your vision and your goals. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.